after we launched our first product subscription, our first year we did about $7 million in sales. So we went from several hundred thousand in sales our first year um, in selling content to doing several million dollars in sales and launching our first product subscription. And after that, you know, I, I was I realized that still nobody had any idea as to who we were because we were so behind the scenes. We were the influencers and the cosmetics brand that we were partnering with was on the front line. And so when looking at sort of what the next evolution was going to be, I decided that in order for us to get serious about building our own brand and also giving us sort of more power, um, we needed to start developing our own products. That is Dar Man. And I love this episode for two reasons. One, I didn't know who Dar was or know his story before this podcast episode. So as you are listening and learning, I am doing the exact same thing. And two, you guys know I am not about advertising. I am all about earned media and using your own media after you earn media to leverage that. And Dar started his business with just $600. And this year, he is on track to do $20 million, and he has done it all without spending a dime on advertising. And in this episode, he is going to tell you exactly how he did it. He actually got started in college in the real estate industry because he saw a problem and he turned it into an opportunity because he was prepared to make money. And then he actually made a lot of money and then he lost it all. And he had to start over with his business now, which is called Live Glam that you are about to hear all about. But first, if you have not already, I want to make sure that you tap that subscribe button. You leave me a rating or a review. I am just a few months into this podcast, and the more love you can show me online, the better it is for me and this podcast. And I can keep bringing you amazing episodes that hopefully you are loving and learning from. And also, since, hello, the theme of this is not advertising, but getting in front of your ideal customer or client by leveraging other forms of media, make sure you check out pitchpublicityprofit.com. This is a three-day video media class. And in these three days, I teach you how to pitch the media to earn publicity. And then on day two, we talk about nailing that publicity. And finally, on day three, we are going to do the part that everybody forgets to do, which is turning that publicity into profit, which as you will see, Dar has done very successfully, and oh my goodness, is it not noisy in here? Landon, do you want to come over here and say hi to people listening to my podcast since you're being so noisy over there? Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Landon. (laughs) Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Dar, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Yeah, thanks, Christina. I'm super stoked to be here. And I am so excited to talk to you because I feel like you are like just full of so many headlines and so much wisdom. So obviously, people are going to want to learn more about you and what you do and how you've grown your business. But 
real quickly, tell people, and you're a serial entrepreneur, you got a lot going on. So give us a quick bio and let people know like what they are in for with this bio that you are about to share. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, I started, I, I was like an entrepreneur since I was a little kid. When I was in elementary school, I, I think I started like my first unofficial business, um, just selling like little stress balls to my teachers that I would buy at a gas station. And then as I got older, like in, in high school, I started, I was the first kid in high school to buy a CD burner. So I was selling like bootleg music CDs to all of my friends in high school. When I got to college is when I actually I started like a real company. I started a mortgage company at 19 years old. Uh, by the time I was 21, uh, I owned three houses and a Lamborghini. I was making like more than all my college professors. Ended up dropping out of school until my parents found out. And in Indian culture, like education is everything. Otherwise, you're a failure if you don't have a college degree. Um, so ended up going back to school, completing my degree, um, stayed in real estate for some time, ultimately ended up getting into medical marijuana um, when I was living in Oakland, California, which is like the epicenter of all this. I created the first national franchise for medical marijuana, expanded it to a consulting company, scaled that business up, um, ended up selling it in 2014, uh, dabbled in some different industries, and then ultimately landed in cosmetics in 2015, uh, which is the current business that I'm in now, which I started, I bootstrapped from $600 in starting capital, which is all the money that I had at the time, uh, to now uh, we're on track to do $20 million in revenue this year. So it's been a fun ride with lots of ups and downs. That's sort of, sort of just the highlight reel, but there's lots of bloopers in between. Okay, so I have a question. Before we get into the cosmetic business that you're in now that we'll talk about, the first big amount of money that you made was in the real estate market? Yeah, I think big money is all relative, but at the time, yeah, it felt like big money. <laughs> Bigger than, I guess, other people around you at that time. So tell me how that started because I feel like once you're successful at one thing, then you're going to be more successful in future things because that first success, you went through a lot of trial and error and you learned a lot and you have some money to help you with your next thing. So let's go all the way back and tell me how you succeeded and really got started in the real estate industry when you were in college, right? Yeah, definitely. So I was at UC Davis and I was, it was my sophomore year in college and I was looking for, I, I, I got this like amazing apartment uh, that I couldn't afford and I needed a roommate really bad. And this is sort of pre Craigslist, like pre all the cool websites that exist now that make it super easy. Um, so the only way like at that time to really reach people on campus was through these bulletin boards that they had in all of the lecture halls. So I decided to make a bunch of flyers and one morning just, um, you know, staple them across all the bulletin boards saying that I was looking for a roommate. Um, and it was and I got so many hits that I ended up getting a roommate within that same day. So it worked out really well. But what I realized is it was a lot of work to go around to all these lecture halls and have to staple like my flyers to all of them. Um, so I realized like, wow, if it was effective for me, like I bet there's so many people that this could help. 
So I started a marketing company when I was 19 years old. I was going to UC Davis, so it was called Davis Marketing Services. And I basically um, would uh, work with different brands and different companies that were trying to reach students. Um, and then I would advertise for them on campus. So I had no money, so how did I start a company? Everything was sort of commission basis. Like first thing is I hired, um, I, I did all the graphic designs myself. I just learned how to use like, I don't even I, I don't even know what the software was at that time. I don't think there was Photoshop, so maybe paint, I don't even know. Um, and <clears throat> I learned the design myself. Um, I worked, I, I hired another student that wanted, that was on a commission basis and would just earn a percentage of whatever sales that he brought in. I contracted with the local copy shop that would actually, so I could do all the printing um, and I would get like a little bit of a kickback from all the printing jobs that I was giving them. And then I found a sorority um, that part of their pledging process, they worked out that their pledges would have to go and staple all these flyers to all these bulletin boards. And because, you know, there was sorority, they needed money. Like we were in college, everybody was broke. Um, they did it for like super cheap. Um, so I was running this marketing service company and I was actually scaling it to where I was making like probably like seven or eight thousand dollars a month in profit. You know, when I was like 19 years old while I was a student at school, uh, you know, which was pretty good money at that time, considering, you know, at, I probably never had more than like 200 bucks in my bank account uh, before that. Um, and right around then, the real estate industry was booming. And my brother kept telling me, like, hey, you know, real estate's like taking off. This is like 2006, 2005, 2006, before like the whole mortgage crisis hit. Um, and he's like, you should really think about getting into mortgage. Uh, and at the time, UC Davis didn't have any sort of business department. Um, so I basically used my marketing company. Um, to attract students to want to come work for me on a commission basis. And they were just dialing for dollars. It was straight up like boiler room status where if you were to walk into a small little office, you'd see like 40 students on phones just calling people, trying to get them to refinance their mortgage so we could lower their payments or take cash out. Um, so I was, I probably had about 40 employees by the time I was like 20 years old and I bootstrapped it with no money. Uh, so it was, it was a pretty crazy ride at that age. That's insane. And I feel like you really started doing something early in your business that takes most of us a long time to do, and that's building a team. And it sounds like you did that like right off the bat. And maybe that's why you were, I mean, you tell me, do you think that's why you were so successful so fast? It's definitely grit. I mean, you know, there's, there's different ways of looking at the world. I, I always looked at the world in terms of like opportunity and, you know, I see problems as just opportunities in disguise. Um, so I took something as simple as me trying to find a roommate uh, as motivation for how I can create a business out of it. And then when you just put yourself, you know, it's like, it luck is when opportunity meets preparation, right? And so when you're in that mindset where you're looking for opportunities and you're prepared, um, then when these when these um, you know opportunities come your way, then you can really seize the moment. And so I think it was a combination of things, but it's really about your outlook and your mindset as to how you see problems that you face in your everyday life. Okay, so we go from real estate to marijuana, to cosmetics, like, could those be any 
different from each other. <laughs> Maybe if I was selling baby bottles after the marijuana thing. Yeah, but from marijuana to makeup, pretty big jump. Okay, so <laughs> why makeup? Because usually that's like a female thing. So how did that even come to be? Yeah, so I mean, what I haven't talked about is sort of like a lot of the, I, I've talked about a couple of the ups, but I definitely haven't talked about a lot of the downs. And so, um, you know, even though I did quite well through multiple businesses throughout my entrepreneurial journey, um, like a lot of people, I also, you know, experienced a lot of failure and I was extremely irresponsible with money. I was living like this very flashy, um, you know, sort of hand to mouth kind of a lifestyle, even though I was making great money. I was like one of these 30K millionaires who was spending way more than that I was actually getting. Um, so I found myself at 30 years old, completely broke, like celebrating my, my 30th birthday, like not even able to afford the drinks at the bar. I was living in Los Angeles. I'm originally from um, Northern California, the San Francisco Bay Area. And I, I got to such a low that I literally had no idea how I was even going to pay my rent. Um, I had about $600 left to my name. I was on the verge of moving in with my parents, which is like the ultimate level of embarrassment for a 30-year-old Indian guy to move back in with his parents. Um, so, you know, I was just really in this low point of my life. Um, and I was trying to figure out any way that I could possibly pay bills and stay in Los Angeles. And so I ended up meeting a beauty influencer one time over lunch uh, who was just telling me how she was traveling all over the world, giving these makeup seminars and they were selling out and she was charging girls like four, 400 to $500 a ticket. And so I asked her, I said, well, you know, have you thought about taking that whole concept online? If they're selling out, I'm sure there's a lot of demand. And she was like, you know what? I, I would love to. That's actually a great idea. I just have no idea how. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I also have no idea how. I know nothing about makeup. I know uh, I've never had a website before. I've never had an online business before. But I just kind of blurted out, like, I can do it. <laughs> and I think, you know, just going back to it, like necessity being like the mother of invention, like, I, I just, you know, was willing to do whatever it took. And she looked at me, saw the confidence that I had and was just like, okay, let's do it. And literally over that lunch, we decided to partner. I didn't have enough money to actually get like everything off the ground. I took the 600 bucks that I had. I went to Best Buy, like I watched a couple YouTube tutorials as to how do I get like the minimal amount of products that I need in order to start, you know, streaming, live, like creating online content. Um, so I went to Best Buy, bought a couple of um, softbox lights and a really cheap webcam. It ended up costing me about 400 bucks. I had $200 left. Uh, I went on Craigslist and, and tried to find somebody who could build me like a really scrappy website. Um, and the cheapest offer I got was for $400. I didn't have $400, so I was like, would you do it for 200 now up front and then 200 after it launches? I promise this will be successful and I'll pay you back. I got someone to believe in me, um, thankfully, and then two weeks after that meeting with that beauty influencer, ended up launching the website, and it just really took off. And that's when it opened my eyes to like, wow, this, this beauty industry is like major, like there's so much opportunity here. It just kind of kept sticking with it. Oh, yes. We all need our makeup. Um, tell me what the website is and, and what, what this cosmetic company is, what it's different. Like give us, give us all the details. 
Yeah, definitely. So it was just a number of iterations. Would you rather sort of me tell you about the evolution of it? Or do you want me to sort of fast forward where we are today, what we do? Tell me the evolution, like what it started yeah. as that $200, I guess, $400 website, how it started and then the evolution because it started with $600 invested and now you're at 20 million. Yeah, uh, it was pretty crazy. So the night before that we were actually going to launch, um, we I put this scrappy website together with this developer I met on Craigslist. Um, and then in the main hero of the website, uh, like right when you come to the website, the very first block, uh, I wanted a video that sort of explained how this online makeup school was going to work. So I asked the beauty influencer, you know, we recorded something uh, using those softbox lights and the webcam. And in order to host it on the website, I first needed to publish it somewhere. Uh, so I published that video on YouTube and then uploaded it um, to the website. And we were gonna launch that following morning. That's when the beauty influencer was gonna do her fir first post on Instagram. So I went to bed that night and by the time I woke up, it was like 6 a.m., you know, I was excited, kind of nervous for a launch. And then I opened my inbox and I am seeing hundreds and hundreds of payments that are coming in. I'm getting all these emails from PayPal that just says new new member, new payment, new payment, new payment. And there's like tens of thousands of dollars in my PayPal account. So I quickly look at the beauty influencer's Instagram thinking maybe she made the announcement early and she never announced anything. And so I was like, there's some sort of glitch that's causing all these people to get charged. I was freaking out. I, I texted my web developer. I was like, there's some glitch in the system that's causing all these charges. Please figure it out because we're about to launch in a couple hours. So he says he'll get right back to me. He calls me an hour later and he goes, Dar, no, those are actual real payments. These are real people signing up. And it turns out that somehow because I uploaded that video on YouTube and I used that beauty influencer's name, that video ended up trending and it reached so many people that we ended up getting tens of thousands of dollars in sales before we ever even launched without spending a dollar in marketing. Um, so, you know, that was like the light bulb moment to me, like, wow, this is really something because I was approaching it more so as like just a passion project on the side while I figured out while I was going to figure out what I really wanted to do with my life. Um, and after seeing like how well it worked, that's when the light bulb started going off. And I was like, wow, this really could be something. So I ended up partnering, uh, so I ended up scaling that business. I ended up partnering with other beauty influencers to create online classes with them. Everything was a partnership model. So that way I didn't have to come out of pocket with a lot of money. Um, really all I had was my startup cost for building the website and then whatever equipment that I purchased. And then the beauty influencers would take care of all the marketing and advertising and selling. And I would just power the infrastructure. And so very quickly, I scaled that up to a six-figure, well, a seven-figure business. I was making over six figures a month just from doing online classes. And then before I keep going on with the story, should I, you want me to just keep continuing? Or no, because I have questions. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so the beauty influencers, you were pretty much, they were there for the marketing purposes because they already had a following. They were your partners. So how were they getting paid in the situation? It was all commission basis. So it was 50-50 partnerships with everybody. Uh, I would take care of sort of all the operations. They took care of all the marketing and sales. And then we just split whatever revenue would come in. And who would actually, this is an online makeup school. 
So yeah. who is actually teaching these classes? Is it the influencers themselves? Yeah, it was the influencers themselves. And that's what made it so exciting for their fan base. Got it. Okay. And this was in, when was this? Like what year was this? Uh, so this was 2015. 2015. Okay. Now, are you using a model like this today? Uh, so that actually that very first scrappy website that I built for $600 is still bringing in, uh, yeah, close to seven figures a year. Uh, just that standalone website. So yeah, it still works. And how are, are you doing anything with that? Or is that just there and people are just finding it organically and just purchasing things that have been there? Yeah, that's a great question. So as that started to scale up, like everything was branded around the influencers and I didn't even have like a company, a name or anything. I was totally behind the scenes. And then what happened was like I, the number one request that we were getting from people on social media and their comments was we'd really love to get the products that are being taught in these classes. So that's when I started realizing as an upsell, um, what we could do is include a free box of cosmetics that would come when you sign up for an annual membership. Uh, so I reached out to all these different cosmetic brands trying to get them to donate products for free to go into this box in exchange for these beauty influencers that you know have big followings talking about their products. And all these brands were just like, yeah, you know, it was so easy. They were dying to like have their products be promoted by these influencers. So I ended up getting all these free products and then having the annual beauty box ended up taking the classes to the to the next level. And that's when I realized like, okay, there's a lot of opportunity in products. People are a lot more interested in products. And then I ended up, one of the brands I ended up reaching out to told me that they were interested in starting their own beauty subscription box, but they had no idea how to, and they sort of looked at me as like the expert at subscriptions because all the online classes were subscriptions. You would subscribe to your favorite makeup artist, and then you get classes taught by that artist every month. So I ended up partnering with this other cosmetics brand to create uh, the world's first makeup brush club, which was our first product subscription. And then seeing the success of the product subscription, that's when I was like, okay, you know, I really need to make a shift here because there's way more opportunity in products than there is in content. And then ever since we made that shift to products, we never really looked back. Okay, I have another question. They're popping up as you're talking. So tell me what the difference is between, so people are buying a subscription to these online makeup classes. Why would they do that over just going to YouTube and watching a YouTube video from an influencer? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and so, you know, with YouTube, most of what you're seeing are like five to seven minutes long. And it's mainly the highlights. It's more for entertainment, not so much for professional makeup artistry. And so the niche that we would cater to was for people that really wanted the hour and a half, two hour long type tutorials that were serious about actually becoming makeup artists versus consumers that wanted to enjoy videos and find out you know, which products were trending so they can buy. Got it. So they pay for that deeper, more specific learning, and then you incorporate products in it to sweeten the deal. And then I'm assuming at that point you raise the price point for the subscription because you're getting both an online subscription and then you have the beauty box subscription, correct? So the beauty box came free with the annual membership. And so instead of increasing the price, we just increased the value 
proposition in order to increase our subscriber base. So sort of like how Amazon Prime, you know, they're constantly adding more and more perks of being an Amazon member, but the price for the most part, it goes up a little bit, but the price for the most part is the same because they're looking more as market share. So because we were getting all the products for free, our cost didn't really change. So as opposed to, uh, we just provided more bang for the buck to increase our subscriber base. And you're not paying for any marketing because the influencers are doing this on their own because they're getting 50% commission, which is a great deal for them. So then what happens next? Yeah, so we partnered with this makeup um, brush company uh, and you know things started doing really well. And that's when we got to, I, I think after we launched our first product subscription, our first year we did about $7 million in sales. So we went from several hundred thousand in sales our first year um, in selling content to doing several million dollars in sales and launching our first product subscription. And after that, you know, I, I was I realized that still nobody had any idea as to who we were because we were so behind the scenes. We were the influencers and the cosmetics brand that we were partnering with was on the front line. And so when looking at sort of what the next evolution was going to be, I decided that in order for us to get serious about building our own brand and also giving us sort of more power, um, we needed to start developing our own products. So in 2016, that's when we actually, wait, 2017, that's when we started launching our own line of cosmetics. And then that's when things started really getting exciting and accelerating. And that's what helped us get past that $10 million threshold to being on track to 20 million this year. So how did you do that? Because I would imagine you don't know how to create beauty products. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it, it really, if, if you look at even like Henry Ford or a lot of like these really smart, successful people, Thomas Edison, like early entrepreneurs, um, they don't have a lot of the savviness or Steve Jobs even, right? A, a lot of a lot of founders don't necessarily have the expertise of whatever industry they're in, but what they're really good at is being able to assemble some of the best and smartest people uh, to be a part of their team and really get them excited. And so for me, um, you know, it all came down to building the right team. And we hire people like every, almost every single position in the company even for customer service, to our fulfillment, um, to our marketing, social, product development teams. Everybody loves makeup. Um, you know, they come from a makeup background. They're not necessarily makeup artists, but they're at least makeup enthusiasts. And so I just work to build a culture of people that really love beauty products. And so it just comes like secondhand with the team that we have. So it's about building the right team and the right culture. Okay, so you create these beauty products, and then is it safe to assume you use the influencers to promote them? Exactly. Uh, it's all it's still commission-based. So believe it or not, we've actually got to about 15. We broke $15 million in revenue last year um, with spending very, very little in marketing. Uh, we ran Facebook ads for like a few months to test with that, and then ultimately we even ended up shutting down uh, Facebook ads like today, right now, we are spending zero dollars in marketing. The only money that we're spending money on is the commissions that we give to the influencers that promote our products. That's amazing because you're already making money. 
So it's really not money out of your pocket. It's just less money and profit, but it's profit that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for (laughs) that influencer's commission. That's amazing. It's live glam. Kids are starting live online classes. Yeah. Oh, I got it. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I didn't actually have a name for the company until we got to about $7 million in sales. And I was like, okay, I better come up with a name and make this a real thing now. Oh my gosh. Uh, So what were you calling it before? I, I was just like online classes. There was no actual business because it was just behind the scenes. And I was running this out of my apartment, like my studio apartment that I shared with a roommate. Um, so it took a while for us. To, I, I was just so scrappy in the beginning. And that's why when a lot of people say like, oh, it takes money to start a business and this and that, like, well, you know, I, I understand that it can help. But this story is really a great example of how with almost nothing, um, you know, you can create a really meaningful eight figure, nine figure business. I love it. And where can people, is it just available online at liveglam.com? Yeah, it's just available online. Uh, we are talking to some retailers. Um, so I don't know what the future is going to be, uh, but everything right now is through our website. And everything comes with a video? Uh, the content now is just something that we offer for free. So when you subscribe to the products, uh, it does come with tutorials. And one thing that's cool with the way that we've structured our clubs is most beauty boxes, you subscribe to one box and you sort of get this mixed box of goods. Um, and you may or may not love some of the products, but with ours, you actually get to pick which product categories you want to subscribe to. So if you're a makeup brush lover, you can get only makeup brushes. If you love lipstick, you can only get lipstick. If you love eyeshadows, you can only get eyeshadows. And you can combine them, you can mix them, you can trade them. There's a ton of flexibility that we build into our membership as well. And I love that you have tutorial videos for the products because I know whenever I get a new beauty product, I always want to watch a tutorial. So I type in the name of the product and I add tutorial and I just search for them in YouTube. And some of them are good and some of them are bad and some of them, they're not even what I typed in. So that's amazing that you offer tutorials for everything. And the ladies, the eyeshadow palettes are to die for. So make sure you head to liveglam.com and look at the eyeshadow club because those are nice palettes. Um, and this is, this is amazing. So are you going to stay in the cosmetics industry for a little while longer? I know you hop around a lot and you have success in a lot of different industries. Is this one your most successful yet? And we're going to stick with this one for a while. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the evolution of my sort of entrepreneurship is more so the evolution of me as an individual, because your business becomes whoever you are. And so what I've learned is, um, you know, it's sort of being it, it was making that shift of being entrepreneurial to purposeful. And when you're purposeful, you sort of just stick to one thing because you're driven by a higher cause and you're driven not by the profit, but actually making a big impact. And so definitely I'm planning on sticking, you know, with cosmetics for the long run. I absolutely love what I'm doing. I work with incredible people and you get to play with makeup all day. Like (laughs) there's a lot worse things you could be doing for a living, you know? That's amazing. Okay. So you've obviously, you've lived and you've learned, you've done a lot of trial and error. You've had high highs and low lows where you only have $600. So you just put it into the next business. A lot of my listeners, they are in the very early stages of creating a business or of building a business. And a lot of them are 
afraid to invest financially. Um, they don't want to leave their full-time job, which I'm a big believer in, you know, don't leave your full-time job till you're ready. Like you can do things on the side. I know I built my business while I was still working a full-time job. Many people do. But what would you say to people if they are afraid to invest that money? They're afraid that they're not going to get it back. Yeah, I, you know, I think that fear is actually a good thing as long as it doesn't paralyze you from moving forward. Um, fear makes you be more responsible with how you spend money, and I certainly had fear when I was starting as well, and that's what helped us, um, you know, get to where we are today. Um, so what I would say is that um, there are ways of being very efficient with whatever minimal money that you have. So you don't have to spend a lot in order to make a lot. I would definitely just start by baby steps, um, figuring out ways of, you know, whatever ideas you have, like figure out ways of making money that aren't very capital intensive. And going back to how I started my marketing company, you can get a lot of people to partner with you that believe in you, um, that will work on a commission basis or work for something that they can, you know, hopefully receive like a bigger reward down the road. Um, so there's lots of ways of structuring things where you don't have to come out of pocket and you certainly don't have to leave your full-time job. You can continue just to slowly grow into it. And then once you finally reach the point of feeling like secure where, you know, I'm making enough money where I, I have enough livelihood that I don't depend on my nine to five job, then, it, then at that stage, I would say, go ahead and make that transition. Okay. And you obviously, I mean you are a perfect example of somebody who still to this day, you could spend millions on marketing and you don't just because you don't need to. So if somebody does want to go the partnership route like you did, because I know, I mean, I get emails every day of people who want to partner with me and they'll give me a commission on this and that. And I honestly, I ignore most of it. How do you get people to pay attention and to believe in you and believe in your product? Because these influencers, they're already influencers. So they're already getting paid by people to promote things. How do how do you and how did you convince them like, hey, no, this is like a serious thing. People will really buy this. Like, pay attention. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. How do you convince people to partner with you? Because so many people want to do that. But I feel like so many just don't approach it the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I actually took an influencer out to dinner yesterday um, with my team and when we got there, uh, we were sitting at we were sitting at this restaurant. It was this Italian restaurant that had amazing macaroons. Uh, it's called Bottega Louie in downtown LA. And the influencer was like, "Oh my God, Italian is my favorite, and I love macaroons." And I was like, "Wow, what a coincidence!" And I looked over at my team, and they're like, "No, we know that. That's actually why we chose this restaurant because we know all of that about you, and you actually love salted caramel macaroons. So that's what we ordered." Um, and I was just so impressed with my team for knowing that level of detail. So what I would say is it's not a numbers game. Like a lot of people think, okay, I need to knock on a hundred doors in order to try to get one person to do business with me. But what I would say is instead of approaching it that way, focus on how you can spend a lot of time in doing the best presentation possible for 10 people as opposed to 100 or even one person. Get to really know somebody. Like I get emails all the time from people that are just like, 
oh yeah, we're a printing company and we can print all of your packaging, so do business with us. And there was a company that actually sent me great looking images of work that, they did, that they've done and I was gonna send it to my product development team until I read a little deeper in the email and they copied and pasted the same exact email that they sent to a company before and they forgot to change the name when they sent it to me and they thought and they called my business something that it wasn't and just because of something so small that was like that was overlooked it made me not want to do business with them so my recommendation would be really get to know somebody and as opposed to just like copy and pasting these cookie cutter templates like go much deeper and try to figure out what does somebody love what are their nuances like you can get so much insight into somebody's life through Snapchat, through Instagram, through YouTube, you know, through Facebook Lives, that we get to know influencers on a deeper level than we've never had access to before. Um, so I would say take the time to do the research, do the necessary diligence, figure out where the opportunities are, and then approach them that way, and they will be much more receptive because they'll feel like you actually care uh, and have gotten to know them. Awesome. That's amazing advice. And I feel like everybody knows that's what they need to do, but everybody's in such a hurry and they don't want to take time to be strategic. So they'd rather throw something at the wall and hope something sticks instead of actually take their time to be strategic. So I'm so glad that you shared that. And people, if you want to learn more, you have to check out liveglam.com. Where else can people find out more about you and what you've done and everything else, Star? Yeah, definitely. So I just started creating uh, inspirational content six months ago. Uh, my views have gotten, I've, I've reached over 200 million views on my videos and it's all like motivational, inspirational life, relationships and business. Um, you can find that on my personal website, darman.com, D-H-A-R-M-A-N-N. Um, and then I'm also on pretty active on Facebook and YouTube if you wanted to look there as well. Okay, perfect. We will link to all of that in the show notes. This has been amazing. Like what a cool freaking story. And I know we could talk for like a lot longer because you have multiple successful businesses, which means you have multiple failures too, because you can't have success without failure. So I'll have to bring you on another episode um, in the future so we can go deeper on some of this stuff. But thank you so much, Star. This has been amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Become a Media Maven podcast. If you have not already subscribed, make sure you tap that button and check out pitchpublicityprofit.com for more information about Dar and Live Glam and everything he does. It is all in the show notes, people, and you can always access those at becomeamediamaven.com. I'm done. Bye. See you tomorrow.